Kick us off then. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome back. It's been a while. We know we say this every single time. But it has been a while. <laughs> and this time with good reason, actually. Yes, with good reason. I've been pretty ill. I just wanted to say that I is Raha like you oh Raha. I am Raha hello <laughs> yeah people have had a had a few issues trying to differentiate between us because our voices apparently sound the same which I do get to be honest um but yeah it's me Raha I have not been very well for the last two months or so um and it's been a strange time it's been a, I, I want to say now that it's like it's good but at the time, oof, I never thought I'd make it out. <laughs> Should we do this like an interview? Where I like interview you? But yeah, shall yeah, I? Yeah, do you want to? Because obviously I know this. I see yeah. Ra every day. I know exactly what she's been through. And we just want to um, go into it a bit. Because yeah. it is very relevant to the podcast topics. Which is like health, well-being, the mm-hmm. system. The and just generally system. I wanted to talk about this. Because I wanted to kind of just shed light on women's health. And how it's so overlooked. And... Well, which I didn't really realise until I went through Well, we whole... knew. Well, <laughs> not to this extent, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah, we knew, but not to this extent. I just, I thought, I thought there would be more help out there, which we'll get into in a moment. But yeah, I just think unless we choose to talk about it ourselves and we express our experience in whichever way we want to, people don't really know about it. Yeah. So here we are. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, so let's start with like... Right from the beginning, what happened? Um, ooh, <laughs> what did happen, to be honest? Because I feel like it started quite a while back. How long? Like maybe three, four years ago-ish, mm-hmm. um, when I started getting Raynaud's in my hands. For anyone who doesn't know what Raynaud's are, it's it's basically when um, you tend to have quite bad circulation and your fingers swell up when you go between hot and cold temperatures. So it tends to get get really bad in the winter um and yeah this started happening about three four years ago and I thought oh maybe it's arthritis maybe I've just got like skin a skin condition yeah because it looks like a rash doesn't it yeah there's swelling but it's also like a reddy purple Mm -hmm. rash all over your knuckles and it burns it's like stinging kind of sensation so yeah, I, I went to the doctors repeatedly, had blood tests repeatedly, and nothing came back. The only thing that they found was that my iron was fairly low, which, you know, I expected as a Middle Easterner. Um, and that was pretty much it until I I lived in the Netherlands for a year, and then when I moved back to Bristol, so this was about two years after this, this started happening, um, I felt so tired. Mm. I was fatigued like it was just such a struggle for me to get out of bed in the morning and by this point I was in my third year so I just had I felt like there was so much pressure I had to be somewhere at all times and you were working for Apple weren't you I was working for Apple I obviously I was studying I was also running a society like when I think back now (laughs) I'm like sis you did I did the most um, and, and the society that I was running, I was also volunteering for. It was, it was a charity that taught English to, um, like young migrants and refugees. And yeah, I just felt swamped, like overwhelmed. I was also doing work for Integrate, which is another charity. Um, but also at the time I remember saying to you like, Raha, you're doing so 
much yeah. are you sure you're not just exhausting yourself and you were saying like yeah i get exhaustion but this is not just exhaustion this is like a next level like next this level. is something that you'd never experienced before yeah. and and the fatigue didn't really start then it did start in the netherlands well i really felt it in the netherlands um because i was drinking about three or four cups of coffee every single day mm. um and i was smoking to get myself to sleep every night and it was just like i just felt like i had to push through because i the education system there is well from my experience is much harder than what we have in the uk so i just felt like i had to keep up all the time and then I, and then obviously by the time i got to bristol i was like right well now it's really time to knuckle down because it's my final year and yeah i was just on the go and i was like just do it just push through push through push through which i did um and then covid hit and then i moved home and that's when I really was like, whoa, I, I'm really, I really felt like the effects of it just sunk in for me then. Mm, but even during the time in Bristol, you were having health checks done because you, yes, you had yeah. private healthcare then. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was because, yeah, I was, um, because of my job, I, I was able to get private healthcare and they were good in in terms of like obviously it's private so i was like what <laughs> look at this hospital i was so fancy i thought it was so cool um and they they didn't really get to the bottom of it it was a rheumatologist that i saw and he was like oh it could potentially be an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. um it could be lupus it could be arthritis like we don't arthrite this um <laughs> we don't really know um but yeah, what I got with my insurance only, I, I was only able to get a follow-up from there. So they were like, oh, just carry on having tests with the NHS and do what you got to do. So I just left it after that because I was just like, well, they don't know. So if they don't know, the NHS isn't going to know really. Um, and then, yeah, what what happened after that? I came home. I was just super tired. I just remember feeling tired all the time. Um, and, and it, and then it was my menstrual cycle that started playing up, acting up. And it was from now roughly about three months ago that I just started my period and it felt like I never came off. And I was What do you mean it felt like? You never came off? Like you literally never came off? 10 weeks. Um, I was bleeding for and it, this wasn't just like any, any old period you know this was like i was in bed for for two months i I couldn't move i couldn't go anywhere like she couldn't laugh (laughs) i couldn't laugh i couldn't sneeze cough you it was horrific um and that's when when i started taking it seriously and going to the doctors and trying to figure out what it is yeah it sounds so casual talking about it right no let's go into that so that was the most recent thing right so you started bleeding you basically raha went on a holiday yeah on a trip and she couldn't do anything on the trip and Mm -hmm. you came home and we were like maybe you need to go to hospital like this is really bad yeah she was the color of a piece of paper (laughs) but yellow (laughs) and and the, the the other part was like i was calling my gp i was calling 111 and they didn't know whether I needed to go to the hospital. And that was the most, like, annoying thing. <laughs> because I'm like, 
do I, I, and I didn't want to because of COVID, of course. Like, I just thought, I don't want it to be taking up hospital beds. There are people who are in far worse condition mm. than I am. Like, let me not. And I really didn't want to. Um, and yet there was dad every day panicking. Like, do we drive her? Do we take her? You're going to bleed out. Obviously, he, he does not understand <laughs> menstruation that well. But yeah, it was, I, I feel like, I, I understand why he was worried because it was pretty bad. But like, it was bad. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's weird looking back in hindsight because Cause how many, because how many blood tests did you do during oh, that time? Oh, every, I was going for blood tests every every two weeks. Um, And I was getting no help. This, and this is why I want to talk about this actually. This was, this is the main point is that the healthcare system just thinks it's okay to throw contraception at women anytime they have health issues of any sort. I swear, every woman that I talked to, and it, it they weren't even experiencing the same symptoms as me, but they were like, yeah, I was just put on the pill. I got this pill. I got that pill. Oh, they just told me that I need the coil. I was also put on the waiting list for the coil. And while it may work for some women... And it does. And it does. And it does. Um... I was really not for it. I didn't want to take it. I've, I've taken it before. I took it for two years before and I know the side effects and I just was not prepared. But I was like, okay, this is the only thing. Like, this is literally my only option at this point. So I was taking the pill for six weeks and how was I? <laughs> <laughs> you tell him. You tell um, him, sis. Because I... Literally, one wrong look. And she is on the floor crying. I'm either on the floor <laughs> crying or I will knock you out. Yeah. I, and and this was, no, this was like minute by minute. I've never felt like that in my entire life ever. Like, and and it, the, the only thing that would really trigger it was my hunger. Mm. If, I, if I was hungry even slightly, I could literally start crying at any moment. And everything hurt things were tender i wasn't having a bad time i was just like ringing the gp like please can i come off this like this is literally making me feel horrendous my symptoms are actually getting worse which they were and they were just like oh you haven't been taking it for long enough mm. for us to see the effects mm-hmm. so just please carry on because we ain't got nothing else for you <laughs> basically so i was like I had I had to continue and then after that six weeks I just I I, I was at my wits end. Yeah, you really were like really it was it was it was traumatic. It was horrible. It I was, was just horrific. like no, I'm sorry, fuck this. Like uh, no. I and I called and I was like, I'm begging you, like please can I come off this? And it was a different GP that I spoke to and she was like, This could actually be making you worse. So um yeah, feel free to come off it. And I'm like, this could be making me worse. <laughs> <laughs> so mad but Mm. so relieved as well because i was like okay finally i can stop taking this and i think one of the main things that came out of this was when we when i first started like my mindfulness journey my self-healing journey my partner and i bought so many books yeah right on health and alternative medicine and functional medicine and traditional chinese medicine and ayurveda Mm -hmm. and all these things and um we were really following it and then you get back into like the hustle and bustle of life mm-hmm. and those books were just sat on the shelf and I said to you Ra like why aren't we doing any of this stuff yeah 
but life doesn't allow you to. I feel like there were there were so many, and I, even when I was reading up on it, there was there were so many things that I could have been doing. But in a normal work day, I would not be able to take care of myself that well. Like I felt yeah. lucky enough to have the time off, and that was the other thing. When I had the time off, I was like, <sighs> yeah, big exhale. And I was like, as if I had to wait until I got this ill for me to have this time off and actually feel like I deserve it. Like, oh, I can actually just calm down now and not feel obliged to do anything. Because I literally can't leave because my I bed. Because I literally can't. <laughs> because my I literally cannot. And the other thing was, any sign of stress just made me feel so much worse in mm. an instant. Like I was having so many cramps and so many pains. And... It, it could be the smallest thing, like me looking for a sauce. And I'm like, <laughs> where's the effing ketchup? And I couldn't <laughs> find it. And I would be in pain. And I'm like, I can't even get stressed about the ketchup. So I had to literally force myself. It was by force. Yeah. And be like, you, you can't get stressed. Mm-hmm. By anything. But I'm like, as if I'm even stressing about the ketchup. Like when you, re- you know, when you really start to break it all down, you're just like... Well, you had you had the time to slow down yeah. enough to notice your reactions, and your reactions were having like a physical impact yeah. on your body. But straight off the bat, yeah. that's what was that mm-hmm. was so alarming to me because I feel like normally you you feel the you effects. Can ignore it. <laughs> yeah, you can ignore it, or you feel the effects after the fact. Mm. But there and then, I was just like, I'm literally in pain. Ow. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> like a- anything, anything. So yeah. So then, what happened? Then I was like, I also don't want to rely on the NHS. And I got private help. And I was lucky enough to be able to do that. To afford that. To afford it. Mm. Um, I mean, I was like dead set on saving my money and stuff. And you saw how annoyed I was about spending my money on my health, which is just ridiculous. But I did it, obviously. I was like, there's nothing more important than this. Um, And I saw a traditional Chinese practitioner who was really helpful. I actually think she helped me the most um, just by giving me herbs and acupuncture, which I got every week. And then also seeing a functional medicine practitioner just about my diet. Like I just felt like I had to get my gut health in check first mm-hmm. and foremost, and then I could kind of go from there. And she, the the practitioner that I've got, she's just amazing. Um, and what does that entail? Like, a fu- like let's say someone's never heard of functional Medicine so I had before. a consultation firstly just for me to explain everything and for her to and they, they were really good in terms of backtracking everything like she was like let's go right from the start of your life like oh from my god when you and were they born. wanted your blood tests and the NHS had lost your blood test results oh <laughs> do you remember that so we'll go into that in a mm. sec but yeah the, the, and this is what I really loved was she was really interested in like big life changes that I'd had mm. and the emotional impact that they'd had on me because she was just like that's really going to affect the way that your gut is going to work and the way your body's functioning so we got I, I talked about all of it and, when, and and actually even sitting there and talking about it I couldn't believe it I was like actually I've done my I've put my body through so much Stress. yeah um and then after that, she recommended the tests that she thought I needed in relation to my symptoms and whatever else I had going on. Um, and then I had to buy those tests myself separately. I did the tests, sent them off. And then I had another consultation with her where we discussed like my results and 
Um, she gave me loads of dietary recommendations and what she thinks that I need to do and my routine and just what are, like, really What are some depth. of the results that like, what are some of the things that they looked at and gave you results on? So they def- they looked at my, uh, like my gut bacteria. It was so in detail, the tests. Like I could not possibly list all of the stuff that they looked at because they look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the other thing that I really liked. It was really thorough and I felt like nothing was missed out. Um, my, my liver function, my, um, it was not my hormones because that's a separate test. Um, but just the way that I'm digesting stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, what my body's sensitive to like natural probiotics that my body might be sensitive to. Um, what foods like you respond well to exactly respond well to like what's it and that's it's so personalized like Mm -hmm. it's exactly tailored to your body and what works for you and what might not work for you um so i found out that it was really difficult for me to digest carbs for example which is something that i never knew and all i eat is carbs i love carbs obviously (laughs) (laughs) um and just yeah the it, it was just so informative and I was like, I was amazed. And the funny thing was, wasn't it, that for years, like we thought, even throughout this podcast, you've mentioned about your gut health mm-hmm. and the test showed that you had a really healthy gut pretty yeah, much. Yeah, <laughs> They check for parasites, mm-hmm. tapeworms, all of that stuff, everything, everything. So it wasn't that. And the, and the traditional Chinese medicine lady told you that she thought it was your ovary. Yeah, that I had an which issue Which was the first time ovary. you'd heard that. Yes. It was, because I was getting different answers from everyone. So, to recap, like, you went to see a rheumatologist, a, a hematologist, hematologist, a gynecologist. Um, I think that's it. And the same one's just over and over again. And obviously my <laughs> GP, yeah. Yeah. And... And yeah, I saw, I, I'd, I've seen all of those on more than one occasion. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And they were all telling me different things. My my hematologist was like, they thought I had leukemia. Mm-hmm. I haven't even said that. <laughs> I had a bone marrow biopsy. Yeah. They took a bo- piece of bone out of my pelvis. <laughs> when did she, I'm talking about it, like I didn't do any of that. Yeah. They literally were like, yeah, we think it could be leukemia. So yeah, I went two weeks thinking that I had cancer. Um, turns out that I didn't and, and I don't and it was fine. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things they, and then they were like, well, we don't know if it's not lupus, <laughs> oh no, if it's not leukemia, then we don't know what it is. Um, everything else seems to look fine. You're just, uh, anemic. Like we can give you an iron infusion if that's what you need. And then the rheumatologist thought that it could be lupus or like a thyroid issue. And then the gynecologist didn't think there was anything wrong with me. Yeah. She just prescribed me medication um, for the bleeding, which also didn't work. I had to take that and that actually, and and I just didn't want to take anything because of its side effects. Like for example, that medication for the heavy bleeding, um, that could be really detrimental to my liver. And mm-hmm. I, and that it's all, it's going through all of those motions and, and having to make decisions. I was really yeah. struggling to decide, do I come up? Cause I, I can, I, I don't have, no one can force me to take any of the medication, especially the pill. And I really didn't want to take that. But I, I was just wrestling with this. Like I had no idea what to do after like three, four weeks of me feeling like I, I literally can't do this. 
I'm like, do I continue? Because this could help me in a month's time, for example, or do I not? And it's just so difficult when, you know, professionals don't give you that advice because it is your choice and I did appreciate it, but I'm like, this is not informative. It like that it was not informative at all. Yeah, because you were you were taking was it progesterone? Yeah. You were on transit trans transamic acid. Transamic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I remember every single day you'd come to me for about an hour, we'd sit and we'd talk and you'd be like, Right, which one do I come off? What do I take more of? What do I do? Because no yeah. one's telling me. Yeah. And what I'm doing isn't working and I can't continue on like this because it feels like it's getting worse. Yes, I, that's what I felt like I was getting mm. worse. Um, and yeah, I just, that I really struggled with that. And I just, my heart goes out to anyone who, who has to do that on a daily basis because it's so difficult to navigate. So yeah, contraception really was like the main thing that was just bugging me so much. Because and I was just like, how how are you not testing my hormones? That's that that was really getting to me because I was just like, I I can sit here and tell you that that's the thing that needs to be tested. I know that that's completely out of whack right now. This was before I was prescribed the pill. I was just like, I just want to do a hormone test. And even when I was having private healthcare, I I'd ask for a hormone test, and I literally got laughed at. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, we don't really do that because your hormones change all the time and it could not be accurate and all of this stuff. <laughs> and when I talk to all my international friends, they're like, why Why are they not just giving you a hormone test? Like, that's the first thing they do here. And this whole time I was pushing for you to get tested for endo. And I know how yeah. difficult how difficult that is to even get tested for it, let alone diagnosed. But I didn't know how difficult until I went through this whole process because it could still be endo at this point. Mm -hmm. We we don't know that. Um, And they just won't do it because they don't want to get sued, basically, because the procedure that they have to do in order to diagnose you could potentially lead to like more um, scar tissue or lesions. And they just, they won't do it they simply refuse and they were like oh we literally just basically don't diagnose anymore if you think you got it you might there's a good chance that you do so i'm like great (laughs) and then how did you come out of all of this like what happened uh i came off the pill (laughs) i came off the damn pill and within three days it stopped and oh I could have cried I was just like I can't believe I could not believe it I was just like this whole time and at this point you'd also had like was it four weeks worth of acupuncture and herbal remedies and I definitely think that contributed um, because my traditional Chinese practitioner talked a lot about the amount of heat that I had in my body Mm -hmm. um, and how I needed to like cleanse my liver and I needed that heat to get like we needed to move some stuff around so I definitely think by by the third and the fourth session of my acupuncture I definitely feel like it had an effect so that was really useful I don't know I have no idea about the herbs I drank them every single day um but I feel like it all contributes yeah but we don't actually know like what the one thing was or whether it was a combination of all the things yeah but you did stop I did stop and it that it was because I couldn't afford it at one point. No, well, your, your bleeding stopped. Oh. <laughs> you said that the acupuncture. Um, yeah, the bleeding stopped. The bleeding stopped and oh, I was just so happy. And then 
um, I kind of continued with what I was doing. I think I had another week of acupuncture. And that was pretty much it. And now I've been kind of put on a diet by the functional medicine practitioner to, to cut gluten out of my diet and cut dairy out. I wasn't, I was pretty much dairy free anyway. Um, but gluten, oof. How are you finding it? It's, I have to say, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do diet wise. Mm. I wasn't expecting it to be so hard, but it's so hard. When you were vegan, everyone was like, how do you do it? How do you do it? (laughs) I found being vegan absolutely fine. Like, yeah, it was hard at times, but overall I I could manage. I was vegan for two years and it was whatever. Gluten, all the best foods, (laughs) all the best foods have gluten. And you're like, oh, but when I go out, I always see gluten-free as an option on the menu. That's exactly what I thought. But when you actually look, all the stuff that's gluten-free is this, like the sauces, the salads, <laughs> all of the stuff that doesn't have any like bread, wheat, anything. Like mm-hmm. they don't actually make gluten-free versions of stuff. It's just salad. Yeah. And chips, mate. <laughs> Which, no complaints from you because no, potato I, I is your favorite. Potato is my favorite. <laughs> and honestly, I was so happy. <laughs> That potato doesn't have gluten. <laughs> and it's I would have simply it every refused. day. I would have simply refused. I just wouldn't have done it, honestly. Um like, what kind of potato am I gonna have today? Mash, <laughs> chips. And I can eat rice, which is okay. Um But sadly I do love bread and I do love me pasta and I do love pizza. But pasta's fine because gluten free pasta's alright. Yeah. It's the bread. It's the bread. It is the bread. But yeah, I'm managing mm-hmm. right now and it seems like my cycle is starting again and I, I'm slowly getting back on my feet. But I just really wanted to talk about this because when I was researching and I, when I was hearing from other women, I just was like, I can't believe so many people go through this and it's just not a thing. What's not a thing? Like women's health is just not like... Uh, the, the stuff that women go through, I... I never learnt this much in my life. Just mm. about like PCOS, endo, um, about uh, the struggles that black women have in, in healthcare. Like- Fibroids. Fibroids. <laughs> Cis. Celiac, <laughs> thyroid issues. Like all of this stuff, and especially autoimmune stuff. Mm. Um, Cause I, I still low key think that there is an autoimmune I know I think so as well and I also wanted to add that our mum does have an autoimmune disease um called myasthenia gravis Mm -hmm. and that could also be part of the reason that um I'm dealing with something but I just I, I couldn't believe the amount of women that were going through it and that not only was there no like there was no like communities there was no talking groups there was no there is no 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 for individual stuff yeah but i feel like for people who are trying to figure it out because so much stuff does go undiagnosed and then you're just expected to just deal with it just live with with the symptoms like me Mm. now for example so i just think and that was the thing after you saw your rheumatologist your hematologist your gynecologist all the tests just (laughs) (laughs) they were like sorry it's not this. So they ruled out all the things that they could yeah. rule out. And then you never heard from them no, again. No, and there's no communication between them. Yeah. 
So I would have to repeat myself in every single consultation, every single appointment that I had. It was just like, it always felt like I was going back to square one with every single appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just frustrating. And I felt like uh, most of the time I wasn't being listened to. And th- the other thing to note is that the practitioners that I've had that have really helped me have been women. Mm. And I just want to say, if you're a woman and you're listening to this and you're having experiencing any health issues, if you can, always try and request a female doctor. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't even know that they can. I know, mm. yeah. But it's really, really important. Like, And that's not to say that all male doctors are incompetent, obviously. But I just think in terms of understanding and then being able to, to sympathise. Yeah. Yeah, because you were sobbing. Yeah. In that one appointment. One. And <laughs> like three of them. I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> But the thing it was, and what I feel felt like they weren't understanding was like it's taken it's taken everything for me to get here to this yeah. appointment today, mm-hmm. and you don't understand that if I, I I can't sit here for like an extra fifteen minutes because I <laughs> I'm bleeding <laughs> like that's what you feel like screaming like I'm literally ble like just. Just hear me out. <laughs> so yeah, I was just crying. <laughs> I was crying. And they were just like, okay. And they're like, bro. And the thing is, like, obviously I'm sat there. I'm like, they've got cancer patients they're looking after. Like, corona's a thing. Of so I, I was also quite aware of the fact that I, like, I didn't want to be a drama queen. So, and that's the other thing. It's but like yeah, downplaying but you stuff. Yeah. But I was, I was downplaying it for about two months. Mm. And every time I talked to the GP, I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. If there's nothing else you can do for me, don't worry about <laughs> it. Like, ah! Oh! And now, and then it just got, it got to like the third month. And I was just like, I, I can't do this. Sir. Y'all are making fun <laughs> of me. And I'm not having it anymore. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take it. So, yeah, you don't need to be rude, obviously. But I just felt like you better. You're. You're. I got to a point where I was like, "You're hearing me out, and you're you hearing me out now." You have to advocate for yourself. You have to advocate for yourself. They literally, like, they have five minute slots for appointments. Yeah. Think about how many people they see every day. You have to make sure that they understand the impact that this is having Mm -hmm. on your life and like what you're actually going through and sorry back to that them not giving me my blood test oh (laughs) so my functional practitioner wanted me to send her over all of the blood test results that i'd had up until that point which was a whole lot because i was having them every two weeks like i said so i call my gp and i'm like please can you send over a copy of them i'm getting private help now and all of this stuff explaining and they're like, mm, we only have two on the system. <laughs> what? <laughs> Fuming. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? And at this point, I'm I'm super ill as well. And I'm just like, please don't do this to me. And they're like, okay, what well, if you've got any that have been done by the specialist? So that's like the rheumatologist, hematologist, etc. You need to call them individually and you need to get it from their receptionist. So I'm calling, I'm calling around. No one is giving me my blood tests. I'm. They're like, no, you need to ask your GP again. My GP's like, no, you need to ask for the specialist. They're like, no, you need to get in touch with the hospital. I, the hospital's like, why the fuck are you calling us? <laughs> this took me an entire week and I was calling every single day. Yeah. And and then I got really cross. <laughs> <laughs> With the woman. 
It was it was with one of the GPs I called. I just had enough at that point, and I was like, I need my. Blo-. And the other thing was, I'd never used the NHS card. I'd yeah. never, I'd never, up until that point, said I am an NHS worker. Like you need to help me. But I just got to that point where I was like, I'm NHS staff. Like you need to send me <laughs> my blood test. I'm entitled to them. And yeah, I I gave a piece of my mind, and she was really rude back to me. <laughs> <laughs> but she sent them over so I got them in the end and it was fine but that's the other thing it's like the the stress of, of being ill is a lot but having to chase up all of that stuff and, and trying to, to navigate it is, is a whole is a whole another thing man yeah gosh and I've never been more grateful for my health like it just puts so many things into perspective and I just thought about all of the people, like Corona, you know as well, obviously, everybody knows that people are ill and people are going through it, but I just feel like until you're actually in bed for weeks, you you really, oh my God, it was just, wow, crazy. It was a lot. And what do you think is the biggest thing you've learned from this experience? Oh biggest thing actually the biggest thing is that my health is like the most important thing mm-hmm. which which everybody says all the time and I already knew but what are you actually doing for your health <laughs> like I had to really look at myself and be like you say you say your health is the most important thing what are you doing for your health and what are you doing every single day yeah I'd say that's the biggest thing that I learned and, and also sorry looking at things holistically yeah like not just tackling one thing or just trying to cover up the symptoms and putting like a big plaster on stuff when there's actually a a root cause to whatever you're feeling like i really felt like i had to see the traditional chinese medicine practitioner and the functional and to talk to my gp and do all of that stuff because i was like one of them is not enough they're not not one person is going to be able to help me here i have to look at everything Mm mm-hmm I remember when you were having your mood. I don't like. Yeah, I don't even like calling them mood swings. No, neither do I. <laughs> but when you were just switching, <laughs> and I was like, "You need to meditate," yes. and you were like, "No, I can't help it. I can't help it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really struggle. I struggle to meditate, and I and I still struggle. I just struggle with consistency. Mm-hmm. But I know. I also know that had I have done that, and had I have stayed consistent, I'm sure it would have helped me massively as well. It would have helped you with with your stress, but also I think. You do practice mindfulness in your day-to-day a lot. And I think that also contributed to you always knowing what was going on with your body. So you were like, oh, I can feel like it's on my left side or it's there. And you were just really good with being able to describe what was happening for Mm -hmm, you. And that mm -hmm. in itself shows that like you've been practicing. You don't always have to sit with your eyes closed. That's true. That's very true. And lastly... And the not just about contraception, but the other main reason that I wanted to talk about this is about period stigma. Mm. I'm tired of it, bro. I'm tired. The, and the whole time that I was ill, I was just like, so, it was so awkward when people would ask me, like, I'm off work. Everyone's like, are you okay? What's going on? My friend's messaging me. And I just, I'm like, I'm on my fucking period, bro. <laughs> and then people are like, and okay. people are like, okay. But I'm like, no, it's crippling. Mm-hmm. And I just got tired of constantly having to like sugarcoat it and try and make it sound like 
it's not like oh it, but it's not like disgusting like I'm sorry sorry if this grosses you out or sorry if this makes you uncomfortable sorry if this is TMI like half the population have periods so why can I not just say that without feeling like Ugh. but even now you've missed out details I know even now I've missed them out mm. but it, it... <sighs> <laughs> I'm not saying talk about it no no I know I know I'm just I'm uncomfortable with making people uncomfortable and yeah. it's something that I'm I'm really trying to work through um, but I just got tired I got tired of always being the friend with the period like <laughs> But you know, like you know, like that was. But I'm the friends me. with the period I'm as well. I'm always though. the friend with the period. Like, if any of my friends are listening to this, like you guys know, <laughs> that's always me. And it's so, it's so annoying because it's like, and and another thing is like for brown women, especially yeah. and black women, like we tend to have far more issues, like with our uterus, with our menstrual cycle, and all of that stuff. It's the pain for me. It's the pain for me. It's... I throw up from my pain. Yeah, you, you. Me? <laughs> Rose, Rose literally throws up every, se- like almost every month. You, you're you on the verge of like passing out. Yeah. You have to take- <laughs> For two days. Two days. You have to take two days off every month mm-hmm. because yours are so bad. And it's annoying that it has to be, it's not taboo. It's just like, um, what's the It's not considered- I'm... It's not considered, and it's just like people consider it as like a bit icky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but in my experience, and this is really just from my personal experience, like my white friends, they really don't suffer as bad as Neither. my brown friends and black Neither. friends do. They really don't. It's it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Especially when I was at school, it was such a thing. It was always so embarrassing. It was so awkward. It was just like something I never wanted to talk about. And anytime it would get discussed, it was just like this horrible, like, <laughs> you on the blob. <laughs> I hate that expression so much. Like, the blob. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's so rank. Yeah. And then we would have, like, code words. Like, m- me and my friends at school, like... Auntie Flo's oh, come to visit. Auntie Flo. Auntie Flo. Or they'd call it, like, oh, like ketchup or like oh strawberry jam it's the strawberry i'm i'm having strawberry jam today what are we even what are we doing i've never heard strawberry jam before i've heard i've heard i've heard chili sauce strawberry jam the blob interesting your time of the month yeah so what if it is yeah Yeah, because because i am horrible that's the thing i hate i hate um like reinforcing the stereotype but for me genuinely my time of the month months (laughs) (laughs) sorry just went a bit german then my time of the month is horrific oh i'm getting a call sorry it's mom in iran she's trying to give us a a ring a ding all right so yeah the point really was not to give any advice or anything. It was just to talk about it, open the conversation up. Um, if you've gone through anything yourself or are currently going through anything that, you know, you think is being overlooked or you don't feel like you're being seen or heard, let us know. Yeah. Because I'd be really interested to hear about it. Definitely, definitely. And um, yeah, just tell me about your period. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Just tell me. I literally want to start a period group. I think they exist already. No, they do. They do. 
where people, um, I guess they log their cycles and there's a great book called Flow, I want to say. Yes, I um, have that, but I, I have the audiobook. I just haven't listened to it. I basically want to learn how to live my life in accordance to my cycle. Yeah. And I think that's really important for women to know as well. I, I'm still like, I'm yet to look into it, but I definitely want to get to that. Yeah, I remember when I worked at Lush, there was a customer who came in and she said that she runs those kinds of groups and mm-hmm. they all, she said generally they tend to sync up anyway, but also yeah. she teaches you like what kind of foods you need to eat at what point of your cycle, yeah. how to like make sure everything is in place so that when you are going through those like two really hard days at the beginning, mm-hmm. you don't need to overexert yourself, you don't need to go to the supermarket, everything's already in place. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, um, exactly. And I think that's really important. That's something that I've learned to do for myself. I yeah. Try, I try anyway. But that's because I literally can't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, you literally can't. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. We hope you were able to take something away from it. If not, relate. If not, learn. Um, Tell your friends. Yeah. Tell your wives. And join us again. See you soon. Bye. Oh, wait. What's your song of the week? week? Yeah. Oh, my song of the week is... I've got a song of the week, but it's a bit depressing, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it has actually been the song of my week. It's called Mountains by Charlotte Day Wilson. And Drake has recently sampled it in his album. And I saw a TikTok where I was like, hey, this is the original sample. Mm. And it's really, it's like really mellow, but it, it it's the perfect transition song into autumn and like the upcoming seasonal blues that oh, I think we're all expecting. Go. So yeah, if you're feeling like kind of like autumn-y, you kind of <laughs> want to like stare out your window looking at the rain, pretend you're in a music video, this is the song <laughs> for you. Mine is Thank You by Estelle. Just a bit of a classic old school banger that I've been listening to a lot the last few days. So lovely. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Bye.